You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are here today to cover Benicula. I loved it. (laughs) Your silence says you did as well. Well, I did love it. I am dressed as Benicula today for anybody that is watching the video footage on patreon.com slash I am the cute one. What are you dressed up as? Um, we went for a theme. I'm the little boy that adopts Benicula from the back row of the porno movie theater or wherever they get <laughs> yeah. him from. But really, I signed in without a costume. I said, let me get one of Quinn's hats so I can pass it off as a costume. Wow. So really, you are going as your scariest thing, which is showing up to a costume party without Half-assed, a costume. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. I know. I hate when I'm a hypocrite, which is often. Did you like the book? <laughs> I did. I did like the book. I mean, obviously, the title, Benicula, kind of gave me a hint about what it might be about. But when we got into the nitty gritty, it is literally the same plot as last week. It is. Like, I think there's like six or seven books for Benicula. So in my head, they were like escaping from a crazy person at a dog shelter. And then they were doing this. And then Benicula got loose in the town. None of that happens in this book. They truly just hypothesize if he's a vampire the whole time. And then at the end, we're still not quite sure. Just like last week. Yeah, I will say I did enjoy this book more than the Bailey School Kids. Like I liked this book. I thought it was cute. I was entertained. I was rooting for those crazy cats and dogs. Chester and Harold are funnier than those kids. And maybe that's because they have some age on them. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I categorically like animals better than I like people. Mm, I don't though. I like kids better (laughs) than animals. But this book did it for me. Hmm. Well, let's jump into this book then. Okay. So this series consisted of seven books published between 1979 and 2006. So once again, we are a nostalgia podcast, but we are a nostalgia podcast focusing on our childhood and not, you know, the land before time. So we're going to talk about 2006 when this series ended. So while Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest was at the top of the box office, the top songs of 2006 were Bad Day by Daniel powder temperature by sean paul and you're beautiful Uh. by james blunt (laughs) bad day really had a chokehold on people in high school that i think would later be diagnosed with clinical depression my best Mm. friend who the previous sentence applies (laughs) her ringtone was bad day for years and so it was always just like when you need it oh god we're five minutes in and i'm already singing twice I loved on, it was either So You Think You Can Dance or American Idol, but whenever someone got kicked off, they would play Bad Day with a montage of all their like highlights throughout the season. So it'd be like them doing a hip hop number to, so you had a bad Bad day. day. And then like contemporary, it was so good. Kick up the leaves and the magic is lost. Uh Oh man. (laughs) Also in... 2006, Shiloh Jolie Pitt was born. George Clooney was named People's Sexiest Man Alive. The average price of gas was $2.59 a gallon. Pluto was classified as a dwarf planet. And Twitter was launched. So big year. Yeah, I wish some of those things didn't happen. Just Twitter, really. Shiloh's fine. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-oh. When I do my hot takes every Friday, there was a period of time, like several months, where the same person every single week would submit, Shiloh Pitt cannot dance. 
Uh, Every week. Uh, they really needed to get the message out. Have we seen Shiloh Pitt dance? I guess Shiloh Pitt is a dancer. Huh. Or maybe they just are making assumptions. I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's proven. I mean, it's, yeah, is that right? It's proven till it's, it's fact until it's proven, right? I don't think that that's a phrase. But I think so. Like, Shiloh Pitt cannot dance unless you show me that you can. I think you're thinking of innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Maybe, but I think the court of law can be applied to the real world. So if you are fine with Shiloh Pitt being born, I'm assuming what you're talking about is Twitter. Twitter, yeah. And I just made a post on Instagram about it and on Twitter, actually. But I thought my problem with Bravo was the discourse about Bravo and how Bravo can't be fun. And we need to talk about like, oh, no, she picked the glass up with her right hand, but she always said she was left hand and she must be lying like that kind of stuff (laughs) Uh and I was like Bravo is not fun and I just thought I hated Bravo and then we started doing that with like celebrity couples and then I noticed like Broadway Twitter is like that too and then I noticed Big Brother Twitter is like that too and now I think I just hate people on Twitter (laughs) I do enjoy that you used Twitter to tweet about how much you hate Twitter. I needed the people it was about to see that it was about them. But it is performing better on Instagram (laughs) than on Twitter. Because I took a picture with Izzy from Big Big Brother Brother this Uh season. I went to the Survivor Party, took a picture with Izzy. And then in my caption, I wrote, I met the Izzy Fields. And I said, but the whole time I was looking over my shoulder to make sure Jared didn't come because I did not want to deal with that. And someone quoted that tweet and said this caption wasn't necessary izzy's her own person (laughs) okay you're correct but you also weren't like i just took a shit on izzy's head (laughs) right it was a compliment to izzy yeah i had no idea so first i responded to that person and then i deleted it it was truly like 16 year old upset girl actions i like wrote a comment to him deleted it then i thought about blocking him my finger was dancing over the block button and i was like no i'm gonna do nothing meanwhile he saw all these notifications i'm sure like donnie blocked you donnie unblocked you. donnie looked you up on linkedin <laughs> yeah. i think like, i'm just gonna make a passive aggressive tweet about these kind of people well i'm proud of you i guess <laughs> i do think this is personal growth Thank because you. i have never known you to think about blocking somebody and then not well i think i'm trying my best to live like Beyonce. So like Beyonce truly doesn't acknowledge anyone. And that is what I want to do. Like you can come to me with receipts that my father is not my father. And I'm just going to full on ignore it. I'm going to leave it in the comment section. Other people can talk about it if you want. All press is good press. But I am not going to talk about it at all. So that's how I'm trying to move forward with my life. I love that for you. Are you going to start ignoring me? No, you're my Jay-Z. Oh, thank you. I was hoping to be Blue Ivy, but I'll take Jay-Z. No, because I want someone to beat you up in an elevator on my behalf. I just need to find my Solange. (laughs) Okay, neat. Well, if this episode makes you want to beat me up in an elevator or laugh or scream, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to grow our audience and this community. So thank you in advance. We are like four or five reviews away from our next milestone. So help us. Also, I'm taking off my costume because global warming is real. Climate change is real. It is October 4th and I am sweating just wearing a hat. Okay, well, this should take a while to take off your costume because there's just so many (laughs) extravagant parts. So, oh, 
Well, it's off. One single hat and, oh, it's Toddy. I didn't know you were with us. I thought you were the boy that owned Benicula. Do you have any background info or trivia for us today? Yeah. So in 1982, they made a animated TV special on ABC. And then in 2016, they made a full cartoon about it on Cartoon Network for 66 episodes. Wow. Question. Yeah. I think I have some background info of my own. Did you happen to catch the super tragic prologue of this book? No, I saw there was a prologue, but I figured we don't talk about facts. So I just skipped to the book. I wish I had skipped to the book. Oh my God. Whatever edition I was reading was like the 40th anniversary edition. So there were all of these cute little things. Like at the end, there were all of these drawings of Benicula throughout the years. It was like a commemorative celebration of Benicula. But the prologue, it talks about like how Benicula was created and the author is talking about how him and his wife Debbie loved watching vampire movies together. One night they were having a conversation of like what would be the silliest, like worst Dracula movie and they were like, oh, a bunny, a bunny who turns into a vampire. And they were like laughing about it and it was like this silly little joke between the two of them and then they started working on it together and then Debbie died. (gasps) What the actual fuck? Because this is the quote from the prologue. Debbie and I spent close to a year writing Benicula. About midway through the writing, we learned that Debbie had cancer and that she only had months to live. We let the writing go for a time, then returned to it because we needed to laugh. After her death in June 1978, I didn't think about getting the book published or writing another book. I was just trying to get through the days. Oh? God. And then, of course, he talks about how the book got published. But I was like, Jesus Christ. I know it's spooky season, but I didn't know I was going to be traumatizing Truly. myself vicariously through this poor writer. Did he write the other books by himself then? I mean, I don't think Debbie was helping him. Well, no, but if he has a new wife helping, I'm going to burn his house down. <laughs> he may have remarried, but I think Benicula remained a pure love child of his first wife, Debbie. Thank God. So on that happy note. I don't want to laugh anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So thanks for tuning in to I Am The Cute One. (laughs) What character do you identify as? Uh, I think Chester, maybe. Because once he realizes that Benicula is probably a vampire, he really gets petty about making sure that he's going to (laughs) starve this rabbit to death. Which isn't anything I've done yet, but it does seem adjacent to plans I've whipped up cool okay I think I can be Harold or I can be Chester Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of depends on the mood I wake up in if I'm just gonna like not give a shit and be like where am I gonna get some treats to eat I just want to lay in the sun and then some days I do wake up and work myself into a full tizzy you have been (laughs) firsthand witness to me creating conspiracy theories about myself like I don't dabble in conspiracy theories on the internet I don't like you know (laughs) thinking that dead presidents are coming back and children are being shipped in storage containers at Wayfair but I do very much like to create little stories about myself that Mm -hmm. then I collect clues about, (laughs) like Chester. Yeah, that's correct. If you ever left us a one-star review, Chelsea does know (laughs) the names of everyone on your family tray. Just just so you know, the research has been done. (laughs) If you leave us a one-star review, I do know your social security number and your mother's maiden name. And if your socks are wet, I've put a hex on you. So the one minute synopsis is Beware the hair. (laughs) (laughs) That was not Debbie's doing. (laughs) 
Debbie would never. No. Beware the hare. Harold the dog and Chester the cat must find out the truth about the newest pet in the Monroe household, a suspicious-looking bunny with unusual habits and fangs. <laughs> Could this innocent-seeming rabbit actually be a vampire? Maybe. Oh, are you Benicula for Halloween? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> the cape and the bunny ears. Okay, I didn't see the cape at all. It just looks like you're in like a harlot outfit. You know, like it looked like you were wearing one of those tops in like Western film. Like you're the girl sitting on top of the piano. And I truly thought that was cotton candy on your head. <laughs> well, I must admit the ears have seen better days. They were part oh. of my girl's Easter baskets like four years ago. Now I see it. I truly had no idea what you were supposed to be. Okay, you really are a necrophiliac as you uh-huh. admitted to the world last episode, aka a narcissist, because I told you in the beginning of this episode I'm Benicula. But I think you were so concerned about looking at yourself in your reflection because you were wearing a hat that that just flew under the radar. You do know I love the way I look in a hat. But I was also very self-conscious to say what I was because you know I hate a half-assed costume. Oh. So I was like, oh, why do we even do costumes and I yeah didn't hear you say that you were a rabbit you know the story in the bible where Samson has his hair cut and then he loses all his strength Uh it's like you remove a bandana or a hat from your head but instead of losing your power you gain the ability to hear (laughs) or pay attention at least Uh or just be aware of other people you know when I wear any kind of hat accessory I turn into Ursula when she's hot in front of that mirror (laughs) you know when she's Vanessa and Scuttle watches her (laughs) anyway that's like when Dr. Bald grows a mustache I only let Uh, him do it once a year now because anytime he grows a mustache he fully turns into a supervillain And you've met him. He's very calm, cool, collected. He is the grounding energy to my Tower of Terror personality. (laughs) And he grows a mustache and he becomes a pirate. He's gotten us kicked out of bars. On New Year's, he went behind the bar and just grabbed a beer because the bartender was taking too long. That is so unlike him. But it was his mustache. His mustache just transforms him. Oh, wow. Now, I've been debating a mushroom. (laughs) Mushroom. A mushroom cut? Oh, I hope you get a mushroom wig. Like a little NeNe Leakes page boy. I've been debating a mustache era, but I always talk myself out of it. I made that on my, like, when you lose 25 pounds, you can get a mustache. That's on my, like, checklist. But now I really want one if it's going to change my personality. I don't know. If we need more chaos from you. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So our story takes place in a typical town with a typical American family. College professor, Mr. Monroe, lawyer, Mrs. Monroe, their sons, Pete and Toby, their cat, Chester, and this story's protagonist, Harold, their dog. I am so mad. Chester should be a girl. There is no reason that we should have a boy cat running around. Cats are girls. And then when I found out Benicula was a boy too, it really pissed me off. Wait. You just view all cats as girls? And all dogs are boys, yeah. Really? I just don't think dogs are girls. <laughs> and I know to make more, that's not true. But all cats are girls and all dogs are boys. And hairless cats are dogs. So what are they? 
That's an SAT question. If all cats are girls and all dogs are boys, but hairless cats are dogs, what gender are they? Well, I guess technically non-binary, but they do seem to be the kind of man that would like buy you a drink and then get upset if you don't drink it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just scowl at you with that wrinkly forehead (laughs) from across the bar. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I noticed you haven't drank your warm Sauvignon Blanc. It's like, I'm drinking a Bud Light, motherfucker. Back off. (laughs) So wait. You don't think all dogs are boys, but do you think all cats are girls? When you think of a cat, do you think of a boy cat? I know about the gender binary. I wasn't aware of the domesticated animal binary. I don't think it ever crossed my mind that that should be in my top three thoughts when somebody's like, oh, I have a cat. I'm like, oh, is it going to scratch me? Is it nice? Has it thrown up in your shoe recently? I mean, all good questions. And they're the questions I would think too, because I would just assume it is a girl. When people find out I have a cat, they always feel the need to bond with me about their cat, too. And I'm like, oh, babe, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> this, is, this is not one of my topics of choice. And they're like, oh, look at my little boy, Chester. I'm like, ew. <laughs> why do you have a boy cat? Don't boy cats mark their territory everywhere? That's why we didn't get one. Because they jizz all over the walls. What? <laughs> no. I don't think they jizz all over the walls. I think you neuter your cats. Well, yeah, but the, okay, wait. Because I know like boy dogs do pee. Like they lift their leg and like mark their territory. I don't think boy cats are just walking around jizzing on walls. <laughs> so cat people, come for Donnie, not for me. If you want my feelings about you, cat people, go to our Catwoman episode and hear my thoughts there because I am pro cat people. Donnie just happens to be a person who has a cat, not a cat person. That's correct. What did your research tell you? Male cats can and do ejaculate. And this may occur outside of a female's body. Okay, reasons why cats ejaculate on blankets. In case you were worried about us having enough to talk about because this book has the same plot as the one we covered last week, don't worry, cuties, we're good. Okay. Cats have a natural instinct to seek out comfort and security, which can lead them to blankets and other soft objects in the home. Additionally, cats may be attracted to blankets as a way to mark their territory or mimic mating behavior. Let's explore these reasons in more detail. We don't have to. <laughs> I'll send you the link if you no, want to. No, thank you. Maybe they piss on the walls and jizz on your blanket. <laughs> Either way, didn't want a boy cat. Wow, live love cat. And if you are going to leave us negative cat facts... <laughs> Leave it with five stars, please. Five stars, Donnie, your monster. Team cats forever. My boy cat doesn't jizz on a wall. Only in my blankets. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask my daughters because I'm sure that they have thoughts about animals mm. and gender. But my oldest daughter has started an unfortunate habit because we are trying to teach like, you know, anatomically correct wording and all of that. And so... There was a new dog at the bus stop this morning, and she walked right up to him, and it was a him, put her head down by his crotch and said, aha, a penis. That dog is a boy. And I said, "Uh uh-huh, yep. She said, that boy dog has a long tail. And I was like, oh, thank God. Not where I thought we were going. So, Well, probably not because it's lipstick. It's not out. How did we get here? Oh, right. I introduced this book's cast of characters. You said one sentence. (laughs) Okay. So despite Harold's full-time occupation as boy dog, the family respects his intelligence. So they talk to him like a person and they inform him that they found a bunny at the movie theater. 
As Harold gets a closer look at the tiny black and white rabbit, he notices a piece of paper tied around his neck. And although the Monroes can't decipher the message, Harold can apparently understand full sentences and read in multiple languages. It says, take good care of my baby. Oh, accent work as mm-hmm. well. This is going to be a good episode. <laughs> How do you speak to your animal? Full sentences. Like a human? Um, It depends. Like... Now that I have the opportunity to work from home and I've been home alone, Mm -hmm. it's just me and my dog. And so I will say things like, oh, well, you heard earlier for those on the Patreon (laughs) when she came wandering down here. I say things like, you have to go upstairs. Come on, let's take you upstairs. Mm. They didn't hear that. They were too busy listening to me talk about my blind aunt. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. No, true. That is what I gave my monologue about this week. Cool. All right. Neat. How do you talk to your cat? You don't. You just kick it across the room. Sabrina the Teenage Witch got better when she started abusing that cat. When she would just throw it into the closet and stuff, that's the better seasons of Sabrina. Well, that's because he wasn't actually a cat. He was a warlock trapped in a cat's body. And men deserve everything that come to them. That's true. And that's when she knew she had a problem when it wasn't a girl cat. You know Salem was jizzing everywhere. Blankets. Bell books. Walls. Inside the cauldron. Probably on the ant's wig. Harvey's letterman's jacket. (laughs) To my cat, I say, like, get out of my way, bitch. Like, stuff like that. In, like, a cute voice, Mm -hmm. if she doesn't speak English, she could think I'm being funny, but I'm not. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. then, and this is why I could never have kids, because I do know I would do this with my children as well. When me and Quinn fight, then I, like, finally have hearts to hearts with her. I'm like, oh, does he hate you, too? (laughs) One day we'll be accepted in this world. Like that. (laughs) Wait, question. Do you do that in, like... A private moment with your cat? Like, is it behind closed doors? You're confiding? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's weirder. I thought you were doing it like a passive-aggressive <laughs> thing to Quinn that, like, you know, you're like, come here, kitty. And then the cat jumps up, and in front of Quinn, you're like, yeah, we're so rejected in this family. No one appreciates us. But no, you're, like, literally having hearts-to-heart with this cat. Yeah, instead in of private. writing in a diary, I just say my thoughts out loud to the cat. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Do you give your cat a voice? Like, does your cat ever talk back? Not to me, but I do think often if there were a movie about her life, she would be played by Nicki Minaj. Love that. (laughs) Thank you. My dog has a voice. Would you like to hear it? I have to, I think. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't fit how she looks. So for reference, she is a 100-pound black pit bull, and her name is Lonnie, named after Professor Trelawney. So I'll be like, Lonnie, what do you want to do today? Oh, that is not her voice. That is not her. I don't know what the, where that came from. Oh my god, I'm like having the yips. You know when pitchers can't pitch. I have, I have never made that sound in my life. Yeah. Hello, my name is Lani. Hello. Okay, so this is something I hate about gay men. I hate. And this is self-hate because it is me. I pick it up the most in a gay man, but it can happen to anyone. I hate when someone's voice and action doesn't match the way they look, which is why I'm talking about it now because of Lonnie. So, like, if there is a big... Like me, for instance. If I... Well, no, I don't even know if I fit the mold. You might have to cut this because I don't know what my thesis statement is. Well, I might have to cut this for many reasons. (laughs) Let's see where the sentence ends, but... (laughs) Like, for instance, if you choose to... (laughs) 
just cut it. Just cut it. I, I know, know what you're saying, but I'm not going to help you here because I don't want to be implicated in this I know. rigmarole. Yeah, I feel like if you want to be something, be something. So, like, I'm feminine. If I want to say, like, hey, guys, welcome to Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we bringing Arby's hey into Hey, guys, this? welcome to Arby's. And then I have my dangle bracelets, whatever. But if Quinn was not wearing dangle bracelets and was wearing letterman jackets and backwards baseball hats and then he said hey guys welcome to arby's it doesn't fit like whatever you want to be be (laughs) well (laughs) a lot of people disagree it's fine if you do okay i would argue that for many people their voice is not a choice mine neither but that's why I was forced to live in my choice. You understand? I can't be masculine with this voice. I can't be dom top and say, I'm going to fuck you silly. (laughs) I can't. So then I have to (laughs) live with what the good Lord gave me. And that's bottoming. And that's working at Arby's. (laughs) We have the meat. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. (laughs) 
But I do want to get back to the Monroe family. They use full sentences, as we know. This is a quote from the book. It says, it's never been just good boy or use the litter box. It's, hey, Harold, dad got a raise and now we're a higher tax bracket. You should not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know those little shits were getting on the bus, and they were like, my daddy's richer than your daddy. We get to circumvent our taxes more now because we're richer, you know? Yeah, they seem like little shits. They only had two lines in the whole book, but little shits, I could tell. So this family might be little shits, slightly elitist, and definitely overeducated, but their ideas for names prove that you just can't teach creativity. Uh -uh. You've either got it, or in this case... You don't. Here's a rundown of just a few of their suggestions. Bun Bun, Mr. Johnson, after the man that owns the theater, Prince, and Mrs. Monroe's personal favorite, Fluffy. Just bad all around. And after Pete weaponizes favoritism and says he will be traumatized forever if his mom lets his brother pick the rabbit's name, the family finally decides on Banicula since they found him in the movie theater where they had planned on seeing Dracula. That is a cute name. That is a terrible name. Banicula? It's clever. It is not clever. It is horrible. The pun doesn't even work. I haven't heard a more forced pun since Paris Shelton. No. Paris Shelton, and now this is my intervention with you. I have been thinking about Paris Shelton since you (laughs) said it. It's so good. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't rhyme. It's Paris Hilton. It would be one thing if you had a duck and you named it Paris Bilton because it has a bill, but... Paris Shelton is not the same as Paris Hilton. You hear this, right? You hear the difference? No, but you have to add one S in front, and then you change the I to an E, and the work here is done. That is so easy. So you're doing it based on how it's spelled and not how it's said? Yeah, when it fills out entire tax bracket forms, everyone will get the joke. (laughs) Plus, I never said the full name. I just called it Paris. Wow. I'm sorry for dragging Paris Shelton into this. But <laughs> Vanicula? It's cute. I like it. My rabbit's name was Candy because <laughs> I got it for Easter. So like at Easter Candy. I'm fine with Candy, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I wasn't apparently because I forgot my rabbit's name and I had to text my mom yesterday. I was like, what was my rabbit's name? She said Candy. And then it all came back to me. While we're talking about my mom, I'm her favorite. One year on Christmas Eve, I got her drunk and I made her say it. (laughs) Now, did she admit it or did you have like a knife to her throat and you were like, say it? Say it now. Not a knife to her throat. It didn't come up naturally. I had to flat out ask, who is your favorite? She's like, oh, everyone's my favorite in different ways. And I was like, okay, but if there was only one, who is it? Is it your firstborn, the only boy? The one with the best personality. Oh, that's all me. (laughs) So who is your favorite? (laughs) Was it just you or was it in front of your sister? No, just me. So this is the first time. Well, no, I've told the world this before. I've told my sisters this before. But yeah, just me. And my aunt, the blind one. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you know that when she's in private with your sister, she doesn't tell them that they're You know on Big Brother when you just know who's really working with you and who's lying (laughs) to your face? Your final two with her. I'm her final two. Okay. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I'm sure you're somebody's favorite. I'll ask (laughs) if you don't want to. (laughs) Well, we could just ask the cuties to leave a five-star review and tell us which one of us is their favorite. Except don't do that because it's very clear that you are the favorite and That's not true. Your followers, which you have more of, you're the favorite. And then mine, I'm the favorite. So 
when you ask questions like Shadani KHS himself, they say, yes, do it, do it. <laughs> Here's how. But then if I ask, even if I don't ask about you, I'm like, should I KMS? And they're like, no, don't. Make Chelsea do it instead. So what's that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I think the time is nigh for us to get a guest on this podcast. You know, I love when people compare this podcast to like eavesdropping on a sleepover, but this is getting pretty close to just eavesdropping on a psych ward. I have full water balloon titty sweat. <laughs> this episode is putting me through it. But I okay. will say our lack of a guest is not because we're not trying. We've reached out to people. <laughs> they're like, sorry, I don't read. Joke's on them. Neither do we. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you thought it was a real podcast. That's your first mistake. So, cuties, if you know any podcasters who read books <laughs> that we should have on, please slide into our DMs. That are also chaotic. Like, if they yeah, cover, yeah. like, oh, this week is Michelle Obama's Becoming. Like, they can be coming somewhere else because they won't be coming here. Cats will be coming in blankets. <laughs> they will not be coming on this podcast. Unless it's Michelle Obama. If we trick Michelle Obama on the podcast, once she's here, she's not going to leave. <laughs> she's going to leave and be like, you know that quote about when they go low, we go high? Never mind. So... While Harold is jealous of all of the attention that this new pet is getting, Chester stays up all night to spy on their new fluffy frenemy. And because Chester the cat listens to Mr. Monroe's student lecture and stays up late reading books about mysteries and tales of the supernatural, it turns out that he has the same problem that anti-vax moms on the internet face. He has a very vivid imagination and too much time on his hands to do his own research. So soon, he's putting all the clues together. So number one, and again, same plot as last week, so I'm going to move through these quickly. Number one, Benicula has a black spot between his ears in the shape of a V. He has another marking that makes it look like he's wearing a cape. Mm. Number two, he has pointed fangs. And number three, he sleeps all day. And when he wakes up at night, he can escape his cage without even opening the door. I used to have a cat growing up. Frisky was that bitch's name. (laughs) (laughs) It was my sister's cat. What is wrong with your family? You had the golden nugget and Frisky. (laughs) And here's our bird down low. (laughs) Nugget, Frisky, and Candy were my Bonicula trio. (laughs) And also the lineup at the Golden Nugget in Vegas. (laughs) But Frisky was so bad and all my friends hated her. So when she would come over, I would lock her in a bedroom so that we could watch TV in the living room without being bothered. But then she would slam herself into the door repeatedly and try to get out. And then we would hear the doorknob rattle, too, throughout the movie, too. It was horrifying. Maybe you shouldn't have terrorized your cat. That cat I didn't terrorize. You just talked about shoving Frisky into a room and locking the door. Well, you put Frisky in solitary confinement. <laughs> You've been watching too much Big Brother. You're like, it's fine. It's a comp. H-O-H. Good thing Frisky wasn't a boy cat. You would have really had some self-fulfilling prophecies there. Uh, thank God. So Chester committed to his new life as Furlock Holmes. <laughs> now that's how you do a pun. Take notes, Don. That was good. Thank you. Attempts to catch <laughs> Benicula in the act, but he is repeatedly foiled. And each morning, the Monroes wake up to white vegetables, white tomatoes, white peas, white lettuce. The produce is being drained. I hate vegetables because I feel like even without Benicula, this happens all the time. Not white and not drained, but like they always go bad. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Do you? 
<laughs> so quickly. So quickly. I mean, I think it's just part of life. It's the circle of life. I know. You take that produce home, it leaves the grocery store, and it says, now it's time for me to die, like Debbie. <laughs> oh my God. I use HelloFresh. Because I basically live alone for so long, I don't need to use the two people four meal portion. So sometimes when the vegetables go bad, I like just circle on the recipe card vegetables I need to rebuy. And then I save like the spices. I have the meat frozen so then I can cook it in like two months, whatever. So I tried to do that yesterday. But then when I picked up a bag, I forgot to throw the vegetables out originally. And I opened it and it was just a bag of liquid. Like the vegetables had fully (laughs) dissolved. Uh It was so... (laughs) So gross. So that's my story. Use code cute150 or whatever. You know, I don't cook, so I'm sorry for not yes anding you, but I'm like, my cup of noodles stays good for months. And that's what I mean. There's so many things that don't go bad. (laughs) There's an in-between between between ramen noodles and vegetable juice, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) Life's little mysteries. So to paraphrase Danny Pellegrino quoting Kathy Lee Gifford, everyone has a story. While the white vegetables have left the Monroes fixated on fixing their refrigerator, Chester is growing more and more desperate and deranged by the day in his attempts to get his humans to realize they have brought a blood-sucking bunny into their home. His book, The Mark of a Vampire, tells them that garlic renders vampires immobile, but... Again, we know from last week from the Bailey School kids that garlic just makes them sneeze. (laughs) So first, he covers himself in garlic, but all that earns him is Mm. a bath. I love garlic. We are going (laughs) sentence by sentence. Go ahead. Why do you love garlic? I just love garlic. It's my favorite seasoning. And HelloFresh, instead of garlic powder, they give you actual... Is this a secret (laughs) HelloFresh... paid advertisement? Are you doing some sneaky, like, on-the-ground marketing? No, it's just the only way I cook is HelloFresh. Oh, make that a clip, and then we'll ask them to be our sponsor They're going to say, politely no. <laughs> yeah. And please never mention us again. <laughs> Actually, here's a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, when I try to order my HelloFresh next week, it's just blocked. I can't log <laughs> yeah. into the website. They're going to send you a bag of poop on your door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're going to send me all the vegetables that already turned into liquid. <laughs> yeah. When HelloFresh sends it, they send garlic cloves, and you have to cut it up yourself. So when my fingers smell like garlic then after cutting it I just stick them in my nose once the meal is fully done I just stick them right up the nostrils and just (laughs) ew you put this in the outline you put Donnie has something to say about garlic you thought of that story and you said this is a worthwhile thing to say to people I'm sure I'm not alone. Do you ever do anything crazy and say I'm not the only one in the world that does I mean, that? surely you're not the only one in the world. Well, now they feel seen. They feel seen <laughs> Do now. you want to be aligned with the only other garlic nose picker in the universe? I, I don't, don't know. pick my nose. I just place. Ugh. So you can really have a 4D experience of sniffing garlic. Yuck. <laughs> well, do you, okay. Well, remind me that if you make a dish when I come and visit that... I'm going to watch you wash your hands before. No, I do it after cooking, after I'm fully, because garlic lingers. So this is like three hours later and I'm like, wait a second, garlic, like that. It's not like anybody wants them (laughs) like that. It's not like that. I don't know if three hours later makes that story better. I think does. Anyway. I think it makes it far worse, (laughs) but okay. Make sure I wash my hands and don't drink out of my green water bottle. (gasps) 
Well, that's a given. Okay, so Chester's growing more and more desperate. He's done garlic. Then he bites Harold on the neck and puts on a one kitten production, pretending to be a vampire. But all that earns him is a yellow kitty sweater and an accusation that he's drunk on brandy. Which, again, okay, we're talking about the kids knowing about their parents' tax brackets. The fact that, you know, little Pete or Toby or whoever is like, Dad, did you leave your brandy out? I think this cat's drunk. I'm like, how much brandy is Mr. Monroe having, really? (laughs) That's true. They normalize their pets doing weird ass things because they are not phased at all when this cat is like fully miming being a vampire. He's tied a little cape around his neck. Like I would have follow up questions. Yeah. Who tied this around the cat's neck? I mean, the performance is crazy. And I would say, what is going on with the cat? But there are only four people in this family. If we all say we didn't do it, and I guess kids lie, so maybe they did it and won't tell you the truth, but they don't even ask, like, who did this? Right, yeah. They're just like, oh, Chester. Yeah. He's really seeking a lot of attention lately. (laughs) But they seem like the type to just believe it, because I hate people that put their animals in clothing. Do you just hate animals, do you think? (laughs) Like, you're really getting specific about all the ways you hate pet owners, but I think it might just be you're not an animal Well, I don't want to say that, because then I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't want to lean into that, although I do look good in those kind of glasses. Uh, But, but, like, here's how I think. I love pets as a Jan Brady adjacent. Like, you can be in my house. I'll speak to you. I'll only talk to you when I really have Want to make fun of you. on my heart. Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> but we all know that, like, you're meant to live in the woods. And just being in this house in my presence is enough of a gift to you. I don't need you in my bed every night. I don't need you on top of my kitchen table every night. Like, that kind of stuff. So, with that said, with that mindset in motion i hate when people put their dogs in clothes halloween is fine like does my cat have a wonder woman outfit yes of course do as i say not as i do (laughs) no halloween is fine you can do and say that but like just oh it was cold so we put little rover in these little sneakers rover doesn't need sneakers rover is meant to be on a mountaintop running through the snow saving little boys from wells well rover has been inbred for generations and now has a snout pressed up against his face and needs help pooping without sharding on himself so rover needs some help sneakers though and a little hoodie that says boston university on the back is this a specific subtweet do you need to get on your favorite app twitter and at some people this seems very specific no in fact i do have friends that i care about deeply and i love their animals that put their animals in clothing so I do my best to not lump them into this but like a dog doesn't need a letterman jacket well you're speaking to one of them Lonnie wears clothes just in the winter because her coat she's a pit bull she lives in Maryland it snows and she gets really really cold so she does have one little sweater we put her in her sweater is how we found out my brother-in-law is colorblind because it is a bright orange sweater and she came prancing out because she's so proud whenever she gets it put on so she's walking her runway out of the bedroom just strutting her stuff and dr bald's brother goes oh look at that cute little purple sweater and i looked at him because i thought he was kidding and i was like that is orange (laughs) he tried to like cover his tracks and i'm like can you see colors no he can't hate that i hope i'm not colorblind because if someone tells me i'm wrong (laughs) this is the world i want to live in (laughs) 
I like the colors I see. Well, that's like a go-to high conversation mm. of like, we will never truly know if my blue is your well, that's blue. That's true. Right? So now Harold might know multiple languages and Chester might be capable of tying a cape around his neck and playing charades. But it was at this point that I remembered our protagonists are domesticated animals. Because you know what they say, homophones are the Achilles heels of pets. Chester and Harold failed to differentiate between steak and steak and try to murder Benicula with a sirloin that the Monroes planned on having for dinner. English is a hard language. It is. (laughs) There shouldn't be two words for that. I agree. I had to include that because that was like one of the only differentiations between plot lines. Like we did not get a sirloin steak attempted murder last time. They just let her live last time, which I don't appreciate. (laughs) There should have been a murder attempt besides garlic powder in the corner. Yeah, Chester's going hard. He's like, I'm going to drown this bunny. I'm going (laughs) to murder it with a sirloin steak. I'm going to do what it takes. And we will soon see the level of dedication Chester has. Although this first attempt on Benicula's life fails, Harold soon notices that he has fallen ill. This bunny is not looking so hot. (laughs) And we get a quick character arc for Harold, who goes from kind of like apathetic disdain for Benicula to suddenly being all in (laughs) on this rabbit. But Chester is a cat committed to the cause. He spends his nights covered in garlic, blocking Benicula from leaving his cage and preventing him from his midnight snacks. It's a war of the worlds over here. (laughs) It really is. And I just don't know why Chester gives a fuck. It's just vegetables. Like, who cares? (laughs) You drink milk. Who cares if the vegetables turn white? Again, I think the anti-vax mom in him, Mm. he needs something to focus on. He needs something to take away from the mundane day-to-day life. But also, he does say, he tells Harold, because Harold's kind of saying the same thing. He's like, why do we fucking care? Like, this bunny sleeps all day. Like, what are you so concerned about? And Chester's like, he's a vampire. Today, it's vegetables. Tomorrow, it's the world. And then he says something like, you know, I'm only being cruel to be kind. Oh, that's why I didn't pick up on that, because I was so taken aback by that phrase. Because that's a song in the... 10 Things I Hate About Yeah. So 10 Things I Hate About You sounds like. And I think it was a cover, so it existed even before that. Which, wait, I can break up everybody else's mundane little life by not plugging our Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one, and plugging something else instead. We can plug our Spotify account because when we covered 10 Things I Hate About You, I made my own little angry feminist club skunk playlist that you said was, and I quote, the worst thing you've ever heard. (laughs) So sorry, go on. Well, I'm glad you called it club skunk right now because i forgot and thought it was called pink kitty (laughs) (laughs) but pink kitty cats should be girls so it clicks but cruel to be kind i never knew what it meant i just sang it but when he said i'm only starving this rabbit so that the world can live i have to be cruel to be kind i was like oh i finally get it so then i listened to the song and I said, wow. Wow. <laughs> See, people, and that's why we shouldn't ban books, because that's learning right there. That's education. 10 Things I Hate About You came out in like 1999. I've been <laughs> listening to that song for God knows how many years and <laughs> just didn't know what it meant, didn't care to look it up. But Benicula taught me. Wow. Well, wait until you learn what Christina Aguilera means when she says, <laughs> Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Well, I do know that because of the lip sync. I had to learn the okay. words. 
<laughs> and so a new rivalry is born, Harold versus Chester. Harold rescues Benicula, breaks him out of his Petco purchased prison, <laughs> and carries him to the kitchen to drain some veggies. But Chester, now a trained vampire hunter, is too quick, and a salad bowl brawl is the final <laughs> straw. Enough is enough. The Monroes have had it, and they decide it's time to take a group trip to the vet. Harold needs shots. Benicula is clearly ill, which I don't think they realized or recognized until he was brought out of his cage, but I guess that's a tale for another day. <laughs> and then also, they're like, we got to take everybody to the vet because Chester has clearly lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> Truly, I would just open the door and let him leave. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I love my cat. Don't call the ASPCA. You know, I rarely defend you, Donnie, because I just find it to be in poor taste to ever be on your side for anything, <laughs> ever. But I will take this moment to say you talk shit and very similar to how mean you are to me. Mm. But if somebody comes into your DMs talking shit about me, you are like my fiercest defender. That's how it is with your cat, too, because let's not forget that when your house was burning down, mm. you went back in, pulled a, what is his Jack name? Jack Pearson. Okay, I almost yeah. said Scott Peterson. Did not pull a him. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you pulled a Jack Pearson and went in and got that little shit. So you That's do true. love her at the end of the day. You're correct. I did. And when my sister tries to tell me that her cats are cuter than mine, I'm like, oh, absolutely the fuck not. My cat is the cutest little plus size model you ever did see. Jam. Now I get scared. When I sing that and she doesn't move, I'm afraid she's dead. <laughs> so now I'm going to be. Jam. Jam. She twitched a little. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. She only comes to you if you sing that song. If you say her name, ignores. If you sing her name, she joins you. That's lovely. <laughs> anyway. See how proud you just were? That was the <laughs> smuggest little look you had on that face of yours. You're like, I hate cats, but let me tell you about how brilliant mine is. <laughs> You're bright red. <gasps> You're rarely embarrassed, oh, but you've just God. been outed as a cat person, Ooh. Donnie. Oh my, we went places. Well, we all's well that ends well. And it turns out, number one, Harold didn't need shots after all. Benicula is put on a liquid diet so he can live out his days just feasting his little fangs out. And Chester is referred to a cat psychiatrist who deals with sibling rivalry. And while Harold continues to be Benicula's bitch and possibly <laughs> familiar, because that's my theory, mm. I think that that sudden change, Harold became Benicula's familiar oh so while all that's going on chester continues his lifestyle as an anti-vax facebook mom by <laughs> taking up self-help books including his favorite finding yourself by screaming a lot <laughs> and that is the end of our spooky little tale i love that are there really cat psychiatrists i'm sure they've got everything i know there's pet psychics that you can go to if you're like you know my cat won't come when it's called and then it's like well you know, she hates you, and you remind her of her mother. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I said animals are meant to live in the woods? This is something I don't think we should be paying people for. I'm so mad. Unless Jem wants to go. <laughs> then That's because she's, she's brilliant. And yeah, she'll so go in cute. her Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> well, psychics in general, I get wary of because I'm like, how much do you know? Yeah. Like, can you read all my thoughts? Do mm. you know that I think your outfit's ugly? That being said, I do love going to psychics. One psychic told me 
about 10 years ago that she saw me writing a book and that I was going to use my voice to entertain and make millions of people laugh. Wow. So we just got to get a few more listeners to make that come true. (laughs) But I love that. Yeah, I love that too. It was a walk-up apartment and she had pills scattered all over her kitchen table (laughs) that she just took willy-nilly throughout the reading. So I don't know if that was keeping her level or helping her connect to the higher spirits, but... It was an interesting trip to Baltimore. (laughs) My mom and I have a code because when she passes, my family loves talking about death. I've talked about how I want to be reincarnated as wind chimes. Mm. My mom and I have a code, which I'm not going to share on this podcast, but when I go inevitably one day to try to connect with her, we have a certain phrase that like, if the psychic does not say this specific thing, I'll know they're a fraud because if my mom's coming through, like we have a pre-planned, like this is what she'll say to let me know, like she really is with us. Wow. That's very smart. It's important to have safeguards when dealing with the spirit realm. Yeah, I agree. Because what if... It's someone, but not your mom. What if it's a demon trying to possess you? <laughs> well, I didn't have that thought until now, so thank you for that. And it's like, the word is marbles. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. I think I'll know regardless, because we do have a witchy connection, because I've only smoked weed with her once, and I never will again, because the last time we did it, the first and last time, she read my brain. She read my thoughts. She was like, well, that's mm. not very nice because I was thinking things. And I was like, well, I didn't say it out loud. So I feel violated. It is a little violated. Shame on you for coming into my brain. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay. So final, final thoughts. Who would you cast in a movie version of this book? Mine's good this week. Can I go first? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I only cast the animals, so Mm. these are all obviously going to be voice actors, although it would be funny to just put them in a little, (laughs) like, you know, party city suit, (laughs) dog ears, etc. But John Goodman as Harold, Uh Stanley Tucci as Chester, and then Morgan Freeman as (laughs) Benicula. Oh, that's good. It's a very easy job for Morgan Freeman since he has no lines, but that's okay. Very good cast. So good, in fact, that I said John Goodman as Harold as well. It's canon then, and so it is. But then I had a Monsters, Inc. reunion and said Billy Crystal as Chester. Ooh, okay. But I would be fine with either one. And then I didn't cast Benicula because he doesn't speak, but I did cast the mom and dad. And for them, I want Ryan Reynolds. And Blake Lively, but with brown hair, not blonde. I want Blake Lively, but Blake Lively drunk at a football game with Taylor Swift. Oh, I always like that. (laughs) So what aged well about this book and what aged like borders? I don't think there's anything about this book that aged poorly because it was problematic. And also, sometimes we cover books and movies that age poorly just because like kids today wouldn't resonate or relate. But I think that... It's kind of timeless. I agree. And because most of the things they talked about were books, books, as this podcast is showing, are more timeless than movies. So like them talking about Swiss Family Robinson, who knows? Maybe people still read it. Deb went to her deathbed with no regrets. She was not problematic. (laughs) My unproblematic queen. Deb. A queen, a legend. Shouts to Deb. Pour one out for Debbie. (laughs) I think that the thing that aged the worst about this episode is us and the (laughs) things that we said over this last 50 minutes. So Godspeed, God bless. Oh, yeah. This isn't even aging until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's going to be just as bad as that soup of dried vegetables in your HelloFresh container. This episode will be rotted before my (laughs) HelloFresh (laughs) is. 
use code cute 150 <laughs> just kidding well actually i think they still can use that it's still open code. yeah i have a new titanic <laughs> <laughs> okay wait that just reminded me one thing that i completely cut out of last week's episode just because like it was such a random weird moment and we already had you calling yourself a dead person fucker but at one point during last week's episode and again you can catch it at <laughs> some point in the hour and 50 minutes we recorded mm. on patreon but you just said sex and then you said sex why did i say sex and then you just kept talking so similar to you just saying titanic for no reason no no. the reason is i have a new halloween costume for the end of the episode and it's titanic victim because i am so wet i am soaked okay i think it's important for me to tell the audio listener that donnie lifted up his shirt to reveal under boob sweat and he wasn't in fact saying i'm so wet i'm so wet well then i would say i'm a cat blanket for halloween (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think that that is a natural stopping point i think so too the book we are covering next week is fear street cheerleaders the first evil Mm. my first fear street I can't wait for you to dig in. I googled the goriest and scariest Fear Street book, and this is the one that came up. Well, (laughs) on that note, we will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.